0: So, maids, plenty to discuss on this Thursday, January 26th. Welcome to Fox Hill's Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks.
1: And I'm Nicole corte We are honored to stand behind this desk each day to take you on a journey across Black America mm-hmm. and the stories that impact our people.
0: Bringing you our views, our news, and our voice. Topping today's headline takes us to Chicago as fire crews are continuing recovery efforts after a deadly four-alarm fire broke out in a high-rise apartment on the city's south outside, the fire spread to six floors of that building, sending flames shooting out of windows. As you can see here, officials say the fire started on the 15th floor and impacted units all the way up to the 24th floor. One resident was found dead and about a half dozen people were injured, including a firefighter.
1: In Florida, two men have been sentenced for their role in a federal hate crime. Roy and Robert Lashley were originally charged with assault and battery after an attack in the parking lot of a family dollar store. A federal grand jury later added the hate crime charges. According to court records, the victim was walking out of the store when he heard someone yelling racial slurs. Prosecutors say the Lashleys then ran toward him, struck him in the face, knocked him to the ground, then beat him with an axe handle. Both men will spend over three years in jail.
0: All right, my goodness. Uh, new Minnesota Task Force is now the first in the country to examine why the statistics on missing and murdered black girls and women are so high, and it's all being led by State Representative Ruth Richardson. In the U.S., it's estimated there are more than 60,000 black women and girls who are considered missing. Now, according to Minnesota Public Safety, while 13 percent of Minnesotans are African American, about 30 percent of murder victims are African American American women. Representative Richardson has introduced a bill that would create an office solely focused on missing and murdered black women and girls. The task force is expected to wrap up its work by the end of the year.
1: The past year has been pure agony for the family of Zion Foster. It was this time last year where authorities were searching for the missing 17 year old. Now the person who was spending time behind bars in connection to her disappearance is once again a free man. And now Zion's mother wants answers as to why. Fox 2 Detroit's Brandon
0: Hudson has the story. This is absurd, it's unfair, and it's not just.
2: Sierra Milton is reeling over the release of Jalen Brazier who's likely the last person to see her daughter alive. Brazier was released from prison Tuesday, nine months after he was sentenced for lying to investigators about Zion Foster's disappearance. Why is
0: this man free?
2: (laughs) What? I can admit to this and still be let free. Zion went missing after leaving home in East Point to visit Brazier, who's her cousin, in Detroit last January. As friends, family, and police searched for her, Frazier told East Point investigators he did not know where she was or what happened to her. He later admitted to putting her body in a dumpster and claimed she stopped breathing while they were smoking marijuana. I was on panic mode ever
1: since that happened. Her mom at one point talked to me, and I couldn't bring myself. God, your daughter just
3: died
2: what do I do? Brazier was sentenced to 23 months to four years in prison for lying to police, but ended up spending nine months behind bars. His early release, the result of a 90-day special alternative incarceration program, which Macomb County Judge Edward Cervito approved.
0: That boggles my mind for the judge to give an a, a more aggressive term because of Hearing the case and finding out what Jalen said he did, it could be signed off, and I not be notified.
2: A group of Detroit police officers dedicated their entire summer to searching for Zion's body in a Macomb County landfill, but never found her. Chief White says DPD's investigation is not over. That case is is still wide open. Um, we think. We've got a strong suspect for that case. Our detectives are constitutionally doing everything they can to talk to him, investigate him, visit with him um, to make sure that we get what we need to, to charge that case the way it needs to be charged. In the meantime, no body means no determination as to how Foster died and no closure for a mother still mourning and still desperate for answers.
0: What I want is I want justice. I want him to pay. And I want the truth to come out.
1: And correction, that was Randy Wembley, who reported our thanks to him. Uh, police are still investigating and searching for Zion. We'll continue to follow the story and bring you updates right here on Fox Soul uh what just a, a terrible story mm-hmm. and on one hand you know there's been a lot of folks have been organizing for criminal justice reform uh and for judges to have more discretion when it mm-hmm. comes to sentencing um, but you know this may look like a case gone wrong where uh sentencing for such uh, an egregious crime mm-hmm. uh and an egregious crime without notifying you know the families of of the folks impacted uh you know this is an example of you know what some call reforms gone too far. Mm -hmm. Well, moving along, uh, voters are putting pressure on Congress to take solution-driven action when it relates to gun violence across the nation. Last year, President Biden signed what's been called the most comprehensive gun bill in about three decades. The bipartisan legislation boosts funding for mental health resources and aims to prevent dangerous people from getting guns. But many lawmakers say the chances of a divided Congress coming together to push For more gun restrictions, it's looking pretty slim.
0: And there's a new lawsuit against the city of Joliet, which sits right outside of Chicago and its former police chief. This all comes after 36-year-old Anthony Sonat, who is black, applied to that police department, but his application was allegedly rejected due to a domestic battery arrest. He alleges the Joliet police chief said he didn't want to hire another black male, in addition to the city's hiring other non-black officers who had histories of domestic violence uh, incidents as well. Now, according to his federal lawsuit, the city of Joliet had at least 10 job openings on its police force in 2019, and Anthony Sanat later discovered he ranked number five out of the 227 eligible candidates.
1: A YMCA in Southern California was the scene of a protest over a transgender woman's use of a woman's locker room. A 17-year-old girl says she was traumatized by the presence of the transgender woman in the locker room. That led to protests by people who say the transgender woman should not be allowed in the woman's locker room, while others showed their support for the LGBTQ community. The YMCA released a statement saying it is committed to inclusion and also apologized to the 17-year-old girl for not providing enough support to her. The YMCA also said it will be reviewing its locker room floor plans to ensure everyone has access to additional privacy if needed. And well,
0: it's, it's a dicey situation because I, I, I understand, uh, you know, both sides, you know, as transgender, you identify as, you know, uh, uh, the opposite, if you will, gender you were born with. Uh, and then, you know, people being concerned that, you know, biologically, uh, you know, if we're talking about restrooms and, and locker rooms and things of that nature. If you still have the biological parts of that gender you were born with, how that can can be of some concern if it's supposed to be uh, for a locker room uh, for uh, people who share the same body parts, so it's such a dicey, dicey situation, and I try to be very careful and try to be very ex- respectful, especially when there was a lot of debate as to uh, the athletes, uh, if you if you uh, are transgender and maybe um, you know were born male, is it fair to compete, you know, in, in female uh, athletic uh, meets and games and things of that nature. I don't know, it's a, it's, a, it's a gray area for me because I understand both sides.
1: Yeah, and this has been a source of uh, you know, uh, political upheaval, mm-hmm. uh, folks sort of making a big uh, to-do about uh, uh, trans folks in, uh, in bathrooms uh, mm-hmm. that align with the, their gender identity. Uh, you know, we've seen a huge uh, effort uh, to address this in places like North Carolina and other places across the country. And, you know, there have been very few cases, if any, you know, of, you know, anything untoward happening uh, at the hands of transgender folks in restrooms. But, you know, this is a 17-year-old young girl, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, her experience is, is also valid. And so, you know, uh, you know, hat tip to the YMCA, you know, for seeing both sides of this issue and doing uh, what they need to do to, uh, to address it so that. That everybody feels like they belong. It's definitely, That's ultimately where we where we want to land on this, where everybody feels like they belong. And so we'll continue to keep an eye on the story. I was
0: gonna say, it's definitely an ongoing conversation and debate. Let's move to Florida now, uh, Daytona specifically, where black residents along Willie Drive still have tarps on roofs, storage units in yards, and debris on the street, as people are trying to rebuild <laughs> following severe weather. But it's a real struggle, as entire neighborhood blocks have been displaced, as you can imagine. Fox 35's Dave Puglisi
3: has the story. Talk about it and I get a little, a little emotional. Anthony Lee showed us these pictures of the inside of his mother's home. The walls were covered in mold and had to be gutted. They've spent every dollar they have in the bank and he's doing his best to repair everything on his own. But the costs are adding up. Well they you going to turn over over. You got nothing to worry about you guys. You know, just, just, just believe that it'd it be all right. So, it's, it's, it's hard though, man. It really is. Lee has lived on the street for 35 years. He has seen new developments nearby being built up on higher ground, putting them at the bottom of what feels like a bowl. I think geographically, the it did something. Be just set up by being in the bowl. You had to raise everything in the bowl to keep the fish from flooding out. Just a few blocks over, an entire neighborhood of over 100 families has been displaced. The Caroline Villages has been boarded up. City Commissioner Paula Reed believes this has forced some children out of school.
0: So children may not be able to attend um, their regular schools or go to school or get to school for that matter because they may be out of the area where the, um, the bus may normally come and get them. Uh, their parents may not have transportation. Uh, the the case is just, it's, it's, it affects the entire family.
3: Reed is aware of the new construction, causing issues in some of the lower-lying areas. She is hoping the Corps of Engineers can take a look at how to protect areas like Willie Drive. Is it
0: devastating? Yes. Is it a shame? Yes. However, you are still here, and those things, again, can be replaced. And because of that, you know, let's continue to, to strive to,
3: to get back to where we were.
0: And to help families rebuild, the city of Daytona has set aside $2.5 million in funding. Homeowners can apply to receive up to $9,000 in support.
1: A school cafeteria worker at Jewel M. Sumner High School in Louisiana is behind bars after she was caught selling more than lunch mm. to students. Tanja Pahoa Parish, Sheriff's Office, 45-year-old Timitrica Collins was arrested after being accused of selling edibles containing marijuana. Someone reported her actions through a tip line. The Tangipahoa parish school superintendent said this week that the safety of students is the utmost importance to their school system. Cones was reportedly hired by a staffing agency to fill in when regular employees in the cafeteria
0: were absent.
1: Oh wow! So now, now we, mm. now we got to be on the lookout for the lunch lady because she may be uh, offering people a little more of the lunch.
0: So are we assuming she knew that they were laced with, you know, cannabis? Or are we assuming she knew? I'm, I, I'm, assuming I'm assuming she knew. She if, knew if she was, if
1: it. she was selling it, right? It's one thing yeah. if, you know, she was, you know, giving out treats and mm-hmm. wasn't aware of it. But you know, clearly she was selling it and, you know, probably making a little extra cash on the side. Yeah. Um,
0: but I say that because this goes back to the argument that, you know, some of that stuff is too kitty like. You know, and and when you talk about gummies and uh, things of that nature, uh, th- the reason she may have been able to succeed as long as she did before that tip line came in is because you know you just think of it as candy. You don't think of it as anything else. So um, I'm assuming she knew as well. I'm just being a little facetious, mm-hmm. but I can see how that could kind of go unnoticed, as it probably did for a moment, um, because those cannabis uh, items. Uh, are in such a, a variety to, whereas, you know, they remind me of, of candy that, you know, little kids would eat. I mean, who who hasn't had a gummy worm, you know, or a gummy bear or all the other, Christ's Rispy Treats, all the other ways that cannabis can show up. So I just feel like moving forward and as this thing becomes more of a thing, there just needs to be, you know, just a, a, a way to distinguish what is what. Yeah, you know? and, and
1: I'd venture to say that the cafeteria lady probably knew that she shouldn't be selling, oh, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. cannabis-laced uh, treats mm-hmm. to the kids, mm-hmm. right? And so we need the lunch ladies out there to <laughs> to do better, uh, think... and and, uh, and and keep our, our keep our kids safe. I mean, I mean, you never know. A lot of kids have have allergies mm-hmm. and um you know uh, you never know how their bodies may react to it and mm-hmm. so you know luckily you know none of the kids you know were harmed or mm-hmm. experienced any adverse reaction according to our reporting you know but that happened, it right? could have happened right um and you know uh, it's important that uh, that uh, our cafeteria ladies Stick to uh, their job. I'm assuming
0: this is a very, you know, rare, rare case. I hope so. I would hope so too. It's just the candy. It looks like it's the candy thing that gets it for me. All right. Still ahead, a historic year for Obamacare, the milestone they achieved this week.
1: Plus, experts issuing new warnings regarding some of our favorite snacks. Speaking of snacks, what they say could be impacted by junk food. More when we come back. You're watching Foxhole's Black Report.
0: Non-cannabis snacks.
1: A black FedEx driver is suing his employer, the city of Brookhaven, the Brookhaven police chief, and a white father-son duo for $5 million in damages after
0: he was chased and shot at while he was delivering packages. Yeah, the lawsuit claims FedEx subjected 25-year-old DeMontario Gibson to desperate treatment Uh, because of his race by attempting to coerce him into delaying filing any charges with the Brookhaven police by attempting to force Gibson to work the same route where the traumatic incident took place. And by demanding more than once that Gibson return to work following the incident, FedEx has denied these claims. Uh, back on November 15th of 2022, the father-son duo were indicted for attempted murder conspiracy to commit first-degree murder and for shooting into a motor vehicle. They both pleaded not guilty.
1: According to U.S. Treasury Department researchers, quotes, white taxpayers reap more than 90% of the tax breaks for capital gains, charity deductions, and small business exemptions. The fact that black taxpayers are less likely to own their own homes comes at a cost. White families benefited from mortgage interest deductions most overall, but wealthy black families actually met or surpassed other upper middle class taxpayers of all races. Black families also disproportionately benefit, as do Hispanic families from the earned income tax credit. Now, the IRS doesn't collect racial data when people file their tax returns, so the Treasury used secondary information like zip codes to estimate the likely race of a filer.
0: And the recent layoffs sweeping across the tech industry is gutting diversity and inclusion departments and is now threatening the pledge made by many of these companies to boost underrepresented groups in leadership. Now, according to reports, listings for DEI roles were down 19% last year, a bigger decline than legal or general human resource jobs. Oft, uh, only software engineering and data science jobs saw larger declines at 24% and 27% percent respectfully. According to sources, professionals who lost their jobs in recent weeks at Amazon, Meta, Twitter, uh, and others say they expect their responsibilities will go to former colleagues who remain or to employee resource groups, which often don't get compensated for that work.
1: On the eve of Black History Month, the nation's largest black-owned bank, One United Bank, is announcing its new empowerment network with more surcharge-free ATMs than any other bank in the country. The Empowerment Network also includes One United Card Command to empower customers with more control over One United Bank Visa debit card. Customers can instantly turn on and off their cards, get real-time transaction notifications, add their card to their digital wallet, set travel plans, and even set spending limits in the mobile banking app. One United now has over 100,000 surcharge-free ATMs, including Chase Bank and Citibank branches and neighborhood retailers such as 7-Eleven, Costco, CVS, Target, and Walgreens.
0: And the Biden administration says a record 16.3 million Americans have signed up for health care insurance plans through the affordable care marketplace during this year's open enrollment period, beating last year's signups by 13% under the new policies enacted during the pandemic, which were renewed through 2025 uh, in the climate tax and health care bill passed last year. Subsidies increased at every level of income. Americans earning less than 42,000 for a family or uh, of four are eligible for free health plans that come with low deductibles and co-payments before the change. Many, uh, many such people could get free plans on the Obamacare marketplaces, but only with uh, very high deductibles. This year, there were particularly large increases in signups in states like Texas, Florida, Georgia, and North Carolina.
1: More help news. Doctors are giving more reasons to cut back on junk food. They say it may actually rewire the way your brain manages your appetite and calories. Hello. A new study published in the Journal of Physiology suggests fatty foods can restrict your ability to regulate your calorie intake and your appetite. Researchers say after 10 to 14 days of a high fat diet, cells connected to the gut can fail to act, which can cause a delay in how the stomach can empty itself out. This is compared to a three to five day exposure of the same diet that sets off a normal reaction of the cells. Now, Courtney, you know, I have been on this whole 30 diet for a whole week and a half. Mm -hmm. Haven't really had uh, any carbs, uh, any added sugar. uh, And uh, I I actually feel good. The, the, The sugar cravings have 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 uh, have lessened. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say I don't have them. I'm just gonna say that they've lessened, right? You know, Steve came in here with cookies uh, just yesterday. I really wanted to have those cookies, Steve, but uh, uh, I'm I'm trying to do good. And so, uh, you know, this story is a motivator. You know, the junk food may not be all that good mm-hmm. for the noggin.
0: Well, I mean, you know, when you get back to, to eating, you might look like those folks on, on the b roll that had me chuckling uh, <laughs> while you were doing your reading. Look, I think everything in in modification. I know, um, you know, as I've gotten a little older, you know, 50-plus, some, some you know, junk food items don't agree with me as they used to. I can't do the hot and spicy stuff too uh-huh. much anymore. But I, I love just a good junk-filled uh, junk, junk field day sometimes, and then you have to shore that thing up and make sure you put the, some of the healthier stuff, uh, back on in there, but um, it's so good. It is so good. It is so good. And they know it's good. And I I honestly think they put very, you know, addictive ingredients up in there, mainly. See, I'm not a sweet person. I'm a savory, spicy person. So it's chips and things like that. You can have the cakes and cupcakes and things like that, but it's like the chips and the crunchy and the sour and the salty. I miss (laughs) my
1: gummy bears. I miss my salt and pepper Well, ain't nobody
0: told you to go on the 30 for 30. What is it called? Whole 30.
1: Whole 30. And and you know what Mm. I really love this time of year? what? Stew peas, Okay. Jamaican stew peas. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is the weather for it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we got a whole lot of snow yesterday. Okay, a nice well. big old bowl of stew peas would have did me right. You yes. see, you see, I'm over here yeah. just.
0: Well, I hope it works. <sighs> for holding on to these thoughts because I, I ain't holding on to a bowl. You. In the meantime, we had nice vegetable <laughs> soup. <laughs> You know,
1: okay. Coming up, a school is Last demanding really money good. for improvements to their campus.
0: Chicken chili, so good. Uh, we'll tell you which university is saying enough is enough when it comes to keeping their school clean. We'll have that more coming up. Foxo's Black Report. Chili with the cornbread. That's the Welcome back. So, so let's get you back to some headlines. Just in case you are joining us. We start in Chicago, where fire crews are continuing recovery efforts after a deadly four alarm fire broke out in a high rise apartment on the city's south side. The inferno spread to six floors of that building, sending flames shooting out of windows. As you can see here, fire officials say the fire started on the 15th floor and impacted units all the way up to the 24th floor. One resident was unfortunately found dead. About a half dozen people were injured, including a firefighter and to Florida now where two men have been sentenced for their role in a federal hate crime Roy and Robert Lashley were originally charged with assault and battery after an attack in the parking lot of a family dollar store. A federal grand jury later added the hate crime charges. Now, according to court records, the victim was walking out of the store when he heard someone yelling racial slurs. Prosecutors say the Lashleys then ran towards him, struck him in the face, knocked him to the ground, then beat him with an axe handle. Both men will spend over three years in jail. And voters are putting pressure on Congress to make solution-driven moves when it relates to gun violence across the nation. Last year, President Biden signed what's been called as the most comprehensive gun bill in about three decades. The bipartisan legislation boosts funding for mental health resources and aims to prevent dangerous people from getting guns but many lawmakers say the chances of a divided Congress coming together to push more guns restrictions is slim. And a school cafeteria worker at uh, in Louisiana is behind bars after she was caught selling more than lunch to students, Pioa uh, Parish Office's uh, sheriff says 45-year-old Tametrika Cones uh, was arrested after being accused of selling edibles containing marijuana. Someone reported her actions through a tip line. The uh, school parish superintendent said this week that the safety of students is the utmost importance to their school system. The quarter lie back to you.
1: Thank you, Courtney. Now off to Uganda, where China National Offshore Oil Corporation, also known as CNUC, begins drilling in Ugandan oil fields and aims to start production by 2025. Uganda's Ministry of Energy and Mineral Development spokesman, Solomon Munita, M- 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 describes the start of drilling at the King Fisher oil field in the Kikubi, District as a significant stride towards commercial oil production, construction of the 897-mile East Africa crude oil pipeline planned by Total Energies and CNUC also set to begin this year, connecting Uganda to the Indian port of Tanga in Tanzania. The pipeline is expected to be completed by 2025. The project faced criticism from environmental groups over concerns of its effects on local communities and the environment.
0: And Gwen Carr, the mother of Eric Gardner, was recently honored for turning her pain into advocacy as she received the Super Happy Healthy Kids Award. It was given to her for continuing the fight against oppression. As a mother whose son was a victim of police brutality, Gardner was killed in Staten Island after being arrested for selling single cigarettes. Since her son's death, Carr has started the Eric Foundation, standing for Eliminating Racism and Equality Collective honoring her son's legacy. Upon accepting her award, she stated, quote, I want to stop the violence no matter what type of violence it is. It could be police violence. It could be street violence. It could be domestic violence. We have to come together because violence doesn't have a color. That's the end of that quote.
1: The wait is over. Nicole Hannah-Jones and the New York Times 1619 Project docu-series was released today on Hulu. The journalistic initiative, timed to the 400th anniversary of slavery in America that has caused the GOP to yell false claims of critical race theory over black history in schools, will be televised. 1619 is a Lionsgate production in association with One Story Up productions harpo films and the new york times it is executive produced by nicole hannah jones i certainly uh, have been really excited about this courtney Mm -hmm. uh, really anticipating this we have talked all week about uh, what's been happening in places like florida Mm Uh, where we see the resistance to uh, okaying uh, Florida, the Florida Education Department of, of the Florida Department of Education okaying mm-hmm. uh, AP Black History, we've seen this issue pop up in South Carolina and too many places across the country. And yeah. you know, folks talk about indoctrination versus education. Well, listen, the Hannah Jones mm-hmm. and the 1619 9, Project is an incredible education. Uh, that uh, we all get to, to partake in uh, on Hulu starting today
0: yeah absolutely what what perfect timing in the midst of this uh, conversation in the midst of this uh, debate uh, disgrace if some people have have, uh, have uh, viewed it as such as and, and let me tell you um, I'm just about to subscribe to yet another <laughs> another streaming service because I got to see I have to see this I've been following this project ever since uh, its release um, I'm really big uh, on history and and our beginning beginnings uh, here uh, in these United States of America, and there's even more studies that show we were even here before 1619, uh, uh, dating back to maybe the 1500s. Um, so that's very interesting in and of itself. So yeah, uh, you know, here I come, Hulu, or I'm about to find somebody's password. <laughs> and because I, I think this is yet another must-see, especially um, with uh, how we are under fire uh, right now and, and fighting for our history to to be recognized, I'm, I'm excited about yeah, it.
1: Yeah. And you know, Nicole Hannah Jones really reminds me of Ida B. Wells, mm-hmm. right? She she really you know, comes out of that school of thought in journalism. Remember, Ida B. Wells was documenting lynchings, you know, when a lot of other journalists were not, mm-hmm. right? And and there are people that, that had said at the time, you know, uh, that is inappropriate. And so, there's so much of the 1619 Project that people have said is inappropriate, or, you know, that's not real history, and uh, we get to be the judge of that when we uh, watch the docu-series on
0: Hulu tonight. I agree. Moving on here in HBC C U News. South Carolina State University President Alexander Conyers asked state legislators to fund a $209 million budget request for the 2023-24 fiscal year with five major capital projects to replace outdated facilities. The South Carolina State President said the university also needs new residence halls in addition to the $10 million in renovations that are scheduled. Conyers said the university does not have the capacity to support both residential and academic projects. Now, in light of underfunding of HBU, HBCUs across the country that has been in the headlines lately, Conyers asked legislators to take note of Tennessee's decision to uh, pump $250 million into Tennessee State University to address the discrepancies in funding between that state's public universities.
1: Prize picks and Morris Brown College launch a first of its kind eSports program. The program includes an eSports scholarship fund, which will help pave the way to send candidates through Morris Brown's Global Management and Applied Leadership Bachelor's Degree Program. Love to see that. Uh, and the eSports Performance Certificate Program. The two organizations will also launch an internship program for NBC students to apply their classroom skills. Uh, development directly to Prize Picks eSports Division. The candidates will gain experience across a variety of concentrations, including eSports content development, operations, analytics, and graphic design. This partnership is the latest milestone in PrizePix's growing eSports footprint.
0: And to Dallas now where the Black Chamber of Commerce is reimagining the development of a new MLK community center. The group has paid off the mortgage on one property and now owns the former headquarters building on Martin Luther King Boulevard with the power to create a new future for the property instead. Uh, The group abandoned the decaying headquarters building at 2838 Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard seven years ago and temporarily moved the MLK Community Center next door.
2: This demolition, we're addressing blight on MLK. We believe that demolishing this property is going to improve the safety of this corridor. Uh, We're building a chamber for the 22nd century that understands innovation and tech and how that relates to people within our communities that we serve.
0: And they plan to replace the old building with something to boost the neighborhood and black businesses in even better ways. So this is this this is good to see. I know people might be sad to see the building go and, and whatever you know emotional attachment they may have to it or whatever you know accomplishments uh, were made you know inside of that building as far as gatherings and things of that nature. But um, change is good. It's it's inevitable. And if it's going to be one of those kind of smart buildings, if you will, um, that will benefit. The entire community, then let's do it. And what a
1: great tribute to the life and legacy wow. of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., mm-hmm. um, someone who fought uh, not just for social justice, but for economic justice. And so to see the Dallas Chamber of Commerce, the Dallas Black Chamber of Commerce, rolling up their sleeves, mm-hmm. you know, and reimagining this mm-hmm. building mm-hmm. and reimagining it with opportunities for increased innovation in the community as a part of it, uh, you know that's what we love to see you know and and at a time such as this you know, where creating safe spaces for black folks to convene mm-hmm. uh, is critically important. And yeah. so hat tip to the Dallas Black Chamber of Commerce.
0: Very much so. And, and according to that report, it appears as though they'd be going into this next uh, project debt-free because they did pay off that mortgage, which which is very important. I mean, we, you know, we talk about all the time with money being such a factor and uh, preventing people from moving forward with, with what they would want to do or how they would want to, you know, reimagine or, or steer or direct their organizations. Uh, we just talked about, you know, the situation with the HBCU. So uh, congrats to them on that to uh, have wrapped up that mortgage and and to be um, uh, apparently maybe moving into this new project um, with no overhead. That is a
1: big deal. That is a big deal. It doesn't happen nearly enough, but we've got a blueprint right now here in Dallas.
0: Absolutely. Up next, Colin uh, Kaepernick is premiering a new film.
1: That's right. Plus, Jim Jones seeks to help Harlem. We'll have more entertainment stories when we return. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. All right, Soulmates, Colin Kaepernick's new three-part docu-series Killing County premieres on Hulu on February 3rd.
0: The series tells a story of corruption and a cover-up in a California police department after the shooting of Jorge Ramirez Jr. Ramirez was shot and killed by Bakersfield police back in 2013 while working as an informant, but no officers were charged. The series is executive produced by Kaepernick and is narrated by actor Andre Holland and explores the fight for justice by Ramirez's family and other families in that area.
1: WNBA star Brittany Griner is set to return to the league after being detained in Russia for over 10 months, but her security risk may affect league policies. Griner is unable to fly on commercial flights, a league-wide requirement, and may require special accommodations. Seattle Storm star Brianna Stewart has offered to contribute her resources to help subsidize charter travel for the entire league. Reiner was arrested in Russia in February 2022 for possession of uh, hash oil and pleaded guilty, facing nine
0: years in prison before her release. If she wants to return to the league and she needs, you know, some special, special stuff, make sure that girl gets it. Like, come on, if she was a, a male. Uh, NBA star. Yeah. I'm sure they there would be no doubt or no question in accommodating, you know, whatever that athlete would need to get from you know point A to point B and to remain competitive. um It, it's, it appears as though she's been obviously deemed to come on back and she wants to get back on the court. Get her what she needs, and I, I you yeah. know I don't even think the sacrifice from the teammate should have to be yeah you know yeah. Uh, something that's put out there. I you
2: know? think
1: you're I think you're right, and I think you know the if the WNBA can't do it, mm-hmm. surely surely the NBA, you know, can pitch, and that's the very least Mm -hmm. folks could do, given uh, what uh, Brittany Griner has been through. Um, You know, just saw uh, Steph Curry invoke uh, uh, Brittany Griner Mm -hmm. uh, at the White House when they, you know, were recognized for being the champions, that they are the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's easy to, to celebrate Brittany Griner and to wish her well and to publicly recognize her. The hard part is making sure she feels supported That's as she right. transitions That's right. uh, uh, back to being at home and back to being in the league. And so I hope that uh, if the WNBA can't do it, I hope the NBA steps up and supports our sister, yeah. Brittany, Briner, who's, Brittany Griner, who's been through a lot.
0: And here, here to uh, Kaepernick, right? Uh, you know, we're going on what I, I want at least five, six, seven yeah. years since you know his knee uh, and, and and that whole situation. And yet he has still you know continued to carry this mantle with putting these stories out here that support. Um, You know, what I do believe will be his legacy, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a great uh, football player, quarterback. His skills have been needed, yet uh, he's still been looked over and and really shunned, if you will, blackballed, if you will. Yet he just continues to move forward with the message um, about uh, injustice and and getting justice, uh, you know, and and I'm just applauding him in this moment. And he again this this Hulu thing. I got to figure out how I'm going to watch that one, too, that 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 appears to be a must A must-see as well.
1: Yeah, his legacy his legacy looms large, and Mm -hmm. so on on Super Bowl Sunday when Mm -hmm. we watch Shirley Ralph sing the Black National Anthem, Mm -hmm. uh, how can we not think of the sacrifice of not just Colin Kaepernick, but Mm -hmm. so many folks inside and outside the NFL that Mm -hmm. have been, you know, prodding them uh, to do better by uh, our athletes and our coaches.
0: Well said. Speaking of uh, legacy, the legacy of Kobe Bryant continues to thrive in the footwear world. Nike announced is the return of Kobe Bryant's popular shoe, the Nike Kobe 8 Pro Tro. Uh, set to hit the market in a fresh triple white colorway this fall. Now, the late basketball star's widow, Vanessa Bryant, there it is, has resigned uh, with Nike to continue her husband's signature sneaker line. In addition to the Kobe 8, the Nike Kobe 4 Pro Tro will also be released in new colorways, including white, black, metallic, gold, and bright emerald. It's all going to happen this spring. Now, Bryant's first sportswear company, Adidas, will also release a new purple colorway for the classic crazy one shoe
1: all right soulmates former nba champion matt barnes was involved in an altercation at Levi stadium on sunday during the cowboys versus 49ers game now a video shows barnes spitting mm-hmm. on his fiance's ex-husband david patterson jr during a heated altercation, Barnes claims that Patterson Jr. was the aggressor and had threatened and shoved him. Barnes filed an application for a temporary civil restraining order, alleging that Patterson Jr. had been terrorizing him for months and even threatened to shoot him with a gun. The police were called to the scene to investigate an allegation of battery and the investigation remains ongoing. Barnes requested for the court to restrict Patterson Jr from coming within 100 yards of him. And, you know, I, whenever you see any any adult behaving badly, especially folks that have a tendency to be role models for the youngsters, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you've got to stop and say, wait a minute, what's mm-hmm. going on? Uh, I think we can do better. Uh, and even though there's more to this story, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if uh, if anybody, you know, would be proud of a video of them spitting on another human being going viral.
0: Yeah. You know, I like uh, Matt Barnes. He... You know, he kind of, you know, goes back and forth, uh, you know, that little the good angel, the bad angel. Um, you know, he has said some things that have really uh, registered with me, whether it's, uh, you know, something controversial as far as as a player. Um, he's obviously he's been a, a very strong um, supporter of uh, legalizing uh, cannabis and, and that argument. And he's made some great arguments. He's been a part of a lot of podcasts and and roundtables. So, you know, he, he he's got some good sense, you know, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, maybe this was just a moment where, you know, he didn't just dis- didn't use good judgment. And and I like how you say we don't have uh, the full story, but that act in and of itself is is inexcusable and unacceptable. And I hope that, uh, uh, you know, he can make good on that situation because with all of them, there's children involved. And, and you also you also want to be a-, a good example for your children. Uh, so, yeah, I hope they can rectify that situation. Hope so. Yeah. Rapper Jim Jones announced on Instagram that he is planning to improve conditions in his hometown of Harlem, New York, uh, with uh, Mayor Eric Adams. The two met for the first time uh, January 21st at a live performance by Drake, where Jones invited the mayor to discuss Harlem's issues. Jones stated that this is his first time meeting a New York City mayor and expressed pride in having a black mayor in a position of power to help turn the city around. Jones emphasized that while he is one person, it will take a collective effort to improve Harlem.
1: Victor George Spirits, also known as VSG, announced a partnership with the five-time Grammy Award winner and actor, CeeLo Green. The partnership includes VGS's national, nationally distributed vodka and bourbon, both produced at Palm Beach Distillery. CeeLo and VGS's owners first met in 2020 at a Super Bowl party in Miami. VGS launched in 2019 and is one of the fastest growing black-owned spirit companies uh, in the U.S. with a multi-state distribution deal and its product available in 44 states. Now, in November uh, 2021, VGS's owners were awarded $2.45 million to build Fort Lauderdale's first Black-owned distillery, set to break ground in February 2023, just in time for Black History Month.
0: All right, so they're doing the clear and the brown, huh? The the vodka and the bourbon? Everybody's jumping on this, jumping on this distillery, you know, um, bandwagon. You know, sooner or later, it's, you know, it's going to have, the the best is going to probably, you know, more than likely rise to the top. You know, because that takes a lot of of time and science and experience to, to put a mash together that people will really, you know, dig And but I like the fact that there's so much variety when it comes to, you know, us uh, getting into the game. Uh, We were talking just uh, earlier this week that it's it's a it's not an easy game to get into. So the more the merrier. I just want the quality yeah to, to to be able to hang with some of the the big boys who've been around for years on top of years yeah and i know? think just
1: just having the opportunity to compete makes mm-hmm. a big difference and mm-hmm. we're seeing a lot of quality wine and spirits brands i mean mm-hmm. think about it just over the course of the past five to seven five to ten years mm-hmm. there's so many more you know, black owned uh, wine and spirit brands for Mm -hmm. us to choose from. We talk a lot about Uncle Nearest and uh, and now we have uh, Victor George spirits to add to the list. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, this almost feels like a renaissance for us, particularly in the wine and spirits industry. Mm -hmm. Um, And what's happening is we're also building black wealth mm-hmm. and when you're building black wealth they're also addressing the racial wealth gap and so we love to see it we love to see it we love to see that and we love to see black excellence mm-hmm. that's why still ahead black excellence it heads to the classroom
0: yeah we'll introduce you to the teacher who is taking on a new mission of helping her students with hair care we'll be right back you're watching foxhole's black report
1: A former teacher in Boston created a platform to help the black and brown community with their hair journey.
0: Jirdreema uh, Flint is alleviating the stress and hassle people may go through when it comes to their hair care journey with her platform, Growing Hands, that allows individuals to create personalized hair boards, genius, uh, search for hair resources, uh, directly connect with hairstylists, and provides hair tips. That's
1: right, Flint says, The goal of Growing Hands is to streamline the hair care process and make it simpler for those with black hair. Future plans include possibly offering a subscription service filled with exclusive content to generate
0: revenue. What's a hair board? A hair board, so it'd be like, um, kind of take it to like Pinterest. When like you, a vision board yeah, kind of Yeah, you, and you could say, I want my hair to look like oh. this, or this is the, a picture of what I'm having, you know, issues with my hair, or look at this hairstyle, uh-huh. or um, is this product a good product? So, yeah, so probably more along the lines of a black hair care Pinterest kind of thing uh-huh. going on. Uh-huh. I think it's pretty, you know, genius to, like she said, streamline that whole process, because sometimes it could just be all over the place. I know for me, every two to three years, I was moving to another city. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, during the pandemic, when, when we were black women, we were left up to our own devices to figure our hair out. It just was not good. And and even when you move to another city, it's, it's, it can be, you know, uh, challenging to find somebody who you who you click with, you know, mm-hmm. and, and is on the same level professionally as you. So I think this is a splendid idea. It does
1: sound like a splendid idea. And I mm-hmm. wonder if there's if there's an idea to have a beard board. A beard board, you know. I mean, some of us don't have it up top right here. And make no mistake about it, soulmates, beard hair is still hair. It still needs TLC. It still needs
0: conditioning. But this whole beard movement, oil is 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 that deal though. Like this this whole beard you know movement, whether it's the salt and pepper thing you yeah. got going on, yeah. full pepper, full salt. It's a it's a beards are a thing.
1: You're making me hungry.
0: A black mutual fund company, you better eat, start eating. A black mutual uh, fund company is celebrating its 40th anniversary by unveiling new branding that reflects their business growth over the years. That's right.
1: Ariel Investments was launched in January of 1983 by then 24-year-old John W. Rogers Jr. to pursue his passion of picking high-quality stocks, a hobby he began at the age of 12. Well, Melody Hobson, the current CEO and president, says... THE NEW LOOK AND FEEL REPRESENTS THE NEXT STEP IN ARIEL'S TRANSFORMATION, BUT THAT EVOLUTION IS NOT NEW, AS EACH DECADE THEY'VE EXPANDED THEIR REACH AND SERVICE TO CLIENTS.
0: VERY NICE. NOW TODAY, ARIEL INVESTMENTS IS A CHICAGO-BASED, GLOBAL, DIVERSIFIED ASSET MANAGEMENT FIRM WITH 123 EMPLOYEES AND OFFICES ACROSS NEW YORK, SAN FRANCISCO, AND SYDNEY in australia wow i mean that's an amazing story it's an
1: amazing story Mm -hmm. and you know john rogers you know uh, tips them out because you know there's lots of respect uh, in the financial service industry and Mm -hmm. beyond Mm -hmm. uh, for what he has been able to accomplish Mm -hmm. Uh, you know he really represents trailblazers in an industry where for so long black folks have have been shut out i mean still when you look at Uh, who are the major leaders in the financial services sector, Uh, you know, few black folks are are at the top. And uh, the fact that that Melody Hobson is is his his successor, um, you know, really says a lot about, uh, you know, his uh, regard for the next generation of leadership and mm-hmm. for his commitment to diversity, equity, inclusion, elevating uh, a bad sister, yeah, she, uh, okay. Melody Hobson, yeah, to be your president CEO. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that's, a, uh, that's a that's a it's a it's an excellent step, and a marvelous comment, step.
0: W- what he had already established to to sway her over. To, to decide to, you know, continue to direct this company and, you know, in and, and, and be, bring about more success. That's a testament in and of itself, because if you know a little bit about Miss Melody, you know, That's she's right. a, beyond a heavyweight. So uh, it was nice hearing this story and, and and digging deep a little bit into, you know, blacks and finances mm-hmm. that you don't just hear about too much
1: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and and you know melody hobson you know uh who is george lucas's partner Mm -hmm. i mean there are lots of things she could be doing with her life Mm -hmm. right and so the fact that she is uh serving uh in this way really uh is inspiring indeed Well, now off to uh, where a black housing developer from Atlanta gifts a woman facing eviction with a home of her own.
0: Very nice. Lisa Williams was given a 60-day notice to vacate, but real estate developer Booker T. Washington, that's his name, would make her dream of being a homeowner come true. He built a micro-home community in College Park with a mission to help individuals achieve their goal of owning a home at an affordable price. South Park Cottage is a small-scale neighborhood of 29 micro homes ranging in size. It also is the first black owned micro community in the country. That's
1: right. Washington's dream of helping others own an affordable home is more significant now than ever before, as the average home in the Atlanta area is well over $425,000 with 70% of individuals that don't make incomes to meet that level. His company plans to expand the micro community in different locations so that everyone could get a home-owning experience.
0: Congratulations and big ups to him. That's the way to go about it. It sure is. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us today. I'm Courtney Hicks.
1: And I'm Nicole delay Until next time, soulmates, stay lifted.
0: You better. I'm gonna you go have, get a snack. You You better get off that 30 to 30, and you better go eat something. (laughs) A few more weeks to go. Before you fall out. Solo show tomorrow, because he going (laughs) to fall out.